How many of you are here today and, and, and you would at least admit that we need God's help? <laughs> right? As a nation right now, as individuals right now, as, as families. And there's a verse in Scripture that says God opposes the proud. How would you like to have God fight against you? Uh, how many know that's not a good thing? When God is fighting against you, that is not a good position to be in. And the only time God fights against us is when we're arrogant, proud, self-sufficient. I can figure this out. I can, I can make it on my own. Well, how's that, how's that working out for you? God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So I think it's really healthy every once in a while just to simply say, God, I need you. Lord, I look like I got it all together. Lord, I, my family looks like we're doing okay, but Lord, I need you. Would you please help me? And when you position yourself like that, you position yourself for God to empower you with grace. So that's a good thing. I'm glad they, I'm glad they sang that song this morning. We are in a, a year-long series, and I know it's 4th of July, so I'm going to kind of take it easy on you today because you're thinking about hot dogs and watermelon and, 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 and cookouts and going to the beach, and I get all that, so I'm going to take it easy on you today, but we are going to try to dig in just a little bit more. We're in a year-long series on the book of Psalms. Psalms is a book in the, in the Old Testament, and it's a long book, and there is so much treasure and so much great advice and wisdom. So we decided as a church that we were going to take the whole year and go through the book of Psalms. So we are in Psalm, or number, uh, 103. And it's a very popular verse of Scripture. And we started there a couple of weeks ago. We're going to kind of just uh, keep, keep plowing just a little bit. And we are on a verse of Scripture that uh, is, is in your notes, and I'm going to just uh, kind of give you some pointers today, how to live a redeemed life, how to redeem the time. How many of you have ever lost something? Keys, cell phone, wallet. I mean, I lost a kid a couple times at Disney World. I mean, it, and when you lose your kids or you lose your keys or you lose your, your wallet or your iPhone or whatever it is, I mean, your goal is to go back and get it, to reclaim it, or redeem. Now, in Psalm 103, it starts out by saying this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. God has benefits for you, for believers, that when we follow God, we obey his word, and we follow the good shepherd, there are benefits that are available to us. So in Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who saves us from our sins, who heals our diseases. And then here's the third one, and you'll see these boxes here. And by the end of the summer, we're going to have a big old wall of all the benefits that God gives us. How many of you are grateful today that God saves us from sin? Can I get an amen? He, sa he saves us from our sin. Number two, he heals our diseases. A couple weeks ago, we, we talked about healing, and we simply just prayed for people. Why? Because if God can save you from sin, he can heal you from disease. So God saves, 
God heals. And then here's the one we're going to talk about today. God redeems. He gives you the power to recover what you once lost. He redeems. That word there means to purchase back, to buy back. Christ gave us the ability through Jesus Christ to redeem things that were lost and we can make up for lost time. So today I want to talk to you real quickly about how you can redeem the time, how we can redeem the time, how we can go back and purchase back what's been stolen from us and how we can live a life that is productive and effective for God's glory. Amen? Christ says, let your light shine before men so men will see your good deeds and they'll glorify God. God wants us to be a people that are redeeming the time. We are making the most of every opportunity. So in your notes, follow along with me. We're going to look at how to, uh, how to redeem the time. Now, if you weren't here last week, you really, really missed it. Pastor Scott put on a cowboy hat. I forgot my boots. But George Hancock loaned me his, his very expensive cowboy hat. And we played a video that was super powerful. Tim McGraw's song, Live Like You Were Dying. And it was really cool. I mean, it was so much, it was really so cool that after the video, I couldn't, I couldn't even preach anymore. We just, we ended the service because it was a great message. And we talked about how Austin is getting me hooked on country music. Now, I told you last week, I'm kind of a jazz guy. You come into my office on, uh, during the week and I'm studying, I've got jazz playing because I just like jazz. But Austin likes country music and he's getting me hooked on country music. Country music is good. I was reading some of the titles of some of the country music songs. They're kind of funny. I like this one. Uh, this is a country uh, song. It's called God is Great, Beer is Good, and People are Crazy. I mean, you, know, <laughs> you can't argue with some of these songs. All my exes live in Texas. See, you guys listen to country music. So last week, I put on a, a cowboy hat. And we played the video by Tim McGraw, How to Live Like You Were Dying. If you haven't heard that song, or you were online, you got cut off because YouTube cut us off last week, I would encourage you to watch that video. Because when we talk about redeeming the time, really what we're talking about is we need to live like we are dying. And guess what? We're all dying. And we have to make the most of every, every opportunity. So let me segue into uh, living like you're dying because I am delighted today to uh, let you know that uh, Aaron and Raleigh, my uh, son and daughter-in-law, had a beautiful baby girl this week. <laughs> Heidi Eloise George. And she was born on June 29th, 6 pounds, 15 ounces. Tammy's name is Gammy. I think there's a picture of Tammy up there. Guys, go ahead and show that. There's Tammy. Look at that joy of, I mean, just beautiful. I love that photo. That's Gammy. And uh, from now on, you can't call me Pastor Scott. You've got to call me G-Pops. <laughs> so I've been called a lot of things. Uh, Scooter G is one of my nicknames. Pastor Scott and P.S. But now it's G-Pops. And uh, I tell you what, having a grandkid uh, helps you to put things in priorities a little bit and helps you to live like you're dying. So 
let's talk about how to live like we're dying. Because none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. You only got today. How do we redeem the time? Watch this. God has saved us. He has healed us. And he wants us to live a life that is redeeming the time, making the most of every day, every opportunity while we are here on the earth. We have no guarantees how long we're going to be here, but let's make the most of every, every opportunity. And I'm going to talk to you real quickly about how to redeem the time. If you're with me, let me hear an amen. amen. I've got six points for you. How to live like you were dying. The first principle, life lesson that you can apply today if you're going to live like you were dying is, number one, you've got to reflect on the brevity of life. Life is short. You don't know how long you have, and every once in a while it is, it is, it is powerful and it is effective for you to reflect on how short life is. Look in your notes. Billy Graham said this, the greatest surprise in life to me is the brevity of life. Life is short, and we make it shorter by, by the careless waste of time. You are only on this earth for a few years. Recognize the brevity of life. I, I love in, in Psalm 90, you'll see it there in your notes, Psalm 90, verse 12, it says this, Teach us, God, to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. How many of you are here today and you want to be wise? Yeah, most of you. And, and a lot of you already are wise. But I love in Psalms it says here, teach us to number our days. What do you think that means? I think it means that we need to number our days. And when you number your days... The Bible says in Psalm 90, you will, you will come wise. Now, you'll see behind me, I've got a, a, a couple, couple thousand marbles, and I've got a jar, two jars. I did some calculations. Now, I just turned 60. And so uh, this is not morbid. I think this is healthy. I kind of thought, all right, I'm 60. I've got another 30 years. This Give or take, the average American male lives to be 78, so I just figured I'm going to live to be 90. My dad was 84. He preached his last sermon. He was 84 years old, so I figured I'm going to live to be 90 years old. Now, I did some calculations, and if I'm going to live another 30 years from 60 to 90, I've got 10,950 days. Now, I broke that down a little bit deeper, and that means I've got, watch this, 1,560 weeks. Now, I'm going to put these jars in my garage, and every week after I preach on Sunday morning, I'm going to go to my garage, and I'm going to take one marble, and I'm going to put it in this jar. Why? Because Psalms 90 says, Lord, teach us to number our days. And every week, I'm going to take a marble, and I'm going to put it in this jar. I've only got 1,560. What does that do? That helps me to become wise, to number my days, and to realize that I don't have forever, and this helps me to make better decisions. 
When I see those marbles go from one jar to the next jar, week after week after week, you know what's going to happen. This jar is going to get empty, and this jar is going to get full, and it's going to constantly on a weekly basis remind me of the brevity of life. Now, you don't have to do marbles. You can do pennies. You can do dollar bills. You can do $5 bills. It doesn't matter to me. But if I were you, according to Psalm 90, I would learn to number your days. And when you do that, you become wise. The first way to redeem the time is to understand that time is precious and it goes quickly. Can I get an amen? Number two, here's a way you can redeem the time. Realize the uncertainty of tomorrow. Realize the uncertainty of tomorrow. Now, Lisa and Bruce sent me a, a couple photos last week. Uh, Mark and Jody, Lisa's brother-in-law's sister, they were vacationing in, I think it was Destin. Family vacation, enjoying the beach. They went to bed one night, and in the middle of the night, a fire took place in their condo and burned the entire condo down and both cars in the parking lot. Now, there's the pictures of it. He's a pastor. He leads worship at one of the largest churches in our country, and he was just minding his own business, having vacation, enjoying life, and what happened? In a second, life changes. We've got to be reminded, if we're going to redeem the time, that, 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 that we all have an uncertainty for tomorrow. Look what James says is there in your notes. I'm going to read this real quick. Now listen, you who say... Today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city and spend a year there and carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone knows the good they have, they ought to do, and doesn't do it, for him it is sin. What is James saying there? James is saying, you have no guarantees for tomorrow. Instead, we should all say, if the Lord wills. I don't know what's going to happen today. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But we all need to be reminded of how quickly life is, and there are no guarantees of tomorrow. One of my favorite groups is the Eagles. I know you're probably wondering why I don't have a Christian song. I've got a lot of Christian groups, a lot of Christian songs, but one of my favorite groups is the Eagles. Don Henley, one of the founders of the Eagles, wrote a credible song several years ago. It's called In a New York Minute. Everything can change in a New York Minute. I relate to that because I've seen it firsthand in my family. September 14th, 2019. Life was good. Kids were doing great. We get a phone call. Austin had been in a terrible accident. In a New York minute, everything can change. And you and I are arrogant if we think that we have a monopoly on what's going to take place in our life tomorrow. You have no guarantees of tomorrow. Redeem the time while you have it. You've only got so many marbles. You are not guaranteed the certainty 
of tomorrow. Number three, y'all are getting depressed. Uh, let's talk about the value of time. Number three, if you're going to redeem the time, you need to be reminded that time is your most prized possession. Do you know that time is even more valuable than money? You can always make more money. You can always lose more money, but you can't make up for time. Time is your most valuable possession. We don't have time today, but in Ecclesiastes, that was written by uh, Solomon. Solomon was the wisest of all men. His name means safety. And he wrote a very popular verse of Scripture where it says in Ecclesiastes, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. Solomon, safety. He wrote this and he says there's a time to kill, there's a time to heal, there's a time to tear down, there's a time to build. Time is your most prized possession. If you're going to redeem the time, you need to understand how valuable time is. Look what Harvey Mackey says. Time is free, but it's priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. And once you've lost it, you'll never get it back. Time is your most prized possession. Look at this quote there in the bottom of those notes. The way we spend our time defines who we are. Time is your most prized possession. Number four, if you're still with me, let me hear an amen. One of the best ways that you can redeem the time in these last days is you can rely on God's strength. Look, look at Isaiah chapter 40. But those who wait in the Lord, they will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. If you're going to redeem the time, you've got to rely on God's strength to do it. You can't do it in your own power. You can't do it in your own strength. You've got to do it in the power of the Lord, and you've got to wait on God for him to give you that strength to redeem the time. Rely on God's strength. Look in your notes there, that great quote by uh, D.L. Moody. When a man has no strength, if he leans on God, he becomes powerful. I like that. Paul David Tripp said this, Remember, it is not your weakness that will get in the way of God's working through you, but is your delusions of strength. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. Point to his strength by being willing to admit, admit your weakness. We need to rely on God's strength. Can I get an amen? Now, real quick, let me, let me just show you something here real quick. I, I read this this week and I was, just thought it. There's three words in that verse of Scripture that I gave you in Isaiah. It's they will soar. Everyone say soar. Number two, they will run. Everyone say run. And then number three, they will walk. Say walk. Now watch this. There are a seasons in your life when you are going to soar. I personally think that, 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 that soaring is probably age 30 to 40 to 50, you soar. And then the next word is they run. I think in our lives we, we get to the place where we no longer soar but we can run. I think that's probably your 50s and 60s and maybe 70s. And then at some age, you get to a place where you are, you can't soar, you can't run, but you can walk. 
Now think about it. If you're 80 and 90 years old, don't try to soar. Walk. That's the season that you're in. Do y'all get that? Soar, run, walk. Now notice it doesn't say stop. Hmm. Oh, Pastor Scott, I'm 60 years old. God's calling me to stop. No, he isn't. He's calling you to either soar, run, or walk. But he hasn't called you to stop. Are y'all with me? I think I'm stepping on toes right now. See, we think that we start collecting Social Security checks, and that means that we can stop. The Scripture says if you're going to redeem the time, you don't have a license to stop. You can walk, but you're not going to stop. Now, some of you are, are still have, of age where you can soar. You know what my word to you is? If you redeem the time, soar. If you can't soar, then run. And if you can't run, walk. But don't stop. Some of y'all woke up when I said that. God's not expecting you to soar if you're in a different season of your life. He could be expecting you to walk, but he doesn't want you to stop. Why? Because we are called to redeem the time, and we need to walk, we need to run, and we need to soar because time is short. Can I get an amen? And we do that through God's strength and God's power. Number four, five. Bruce, if you'll go to the keyboard. Reset your priorities and your purposes. If you're going to redeem the time, you've got to reset your priorities and your purposes. Actions express your priorities. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, it says, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call out with a pure heart. It's time to reset your priorities and your purposes. Now, as a church, we've been doing that. We've been on a four-month process. In the next couple weeks, we're going, to start on, we're going to start launching out every week a new purpose, new vision, new goals, new values. It's been four months. It's been a lot of work. But what are we doing? As a church, we are resetting our purposes and our priorities. Now, you can see when you come on the campus, things are changing. We got a new paint job. Changing things up a little bit. We're going to start focusing on our new priorities. You know that we are in a, a battle with our denomination, and we're getting ready to, to, to we've already voted to, to, to leave the Methodist church and, 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 and lean into a more conservative Methodist denomination, that's change. That's good. It's healthy. We've got new values. We've got new vision. We've got new purposes. We've got new priorities. And that is good as we begin to launch these out. Watch this. Embrace that as something that is good and healthy. Things change. We're not going to hang on to the way things used to be. The Bible says, flee youthfulness, lust, and pursue 
you got to let go of some things. Things are changing. Our name is going to change here in a few weeks. We're going to let you know about that. We've got new visions and new purposes, new goals, new strategy. It's all good. Why? Because we want to redeem the time. I don't want to camp out in the past. You know what happened to the, if you live in the past, you'll die in the past. Lot's wife looked back. God had called her to a new city, a new country, a new way of doing things. Watch this. And she was walking, and, and, and as she was walking towards the new city, watch this, her heart was in the past. And as she was walking, she was going through all the motions, but her heart was camping out in the past. And the Bible says that she became a pillar of salt. I wasn't planning on saying this today, but I, you know what that word pillar of salt means? Statue. Hmm. That's what it means. She became a statue, a monument honoring the past. Pillar of salt, camped out in the past, unwilling to embrace the new. How many know that you can't redeem the time if you're living in the past? Now, we love the past, we respect the past, we've got incredible memories of the past, but the Bible says forget those things that are behind you. Watch this. Press through to the new things that God has for you. That's how you redeem the time. We love the past. We love the memories of the past. But I refuse to become a statue. You know what some people do to statues? They tear them down. I'm not going to give people time to tear me down. I'm not going to become a pillar of salt. Why? Because I'm moving. I'm redeeming the time. I'm soaring. I'm running. I'm walking. But I'm not stopping. Redeem the time, Pine Castle, because the days are evil. Make the most of your time. Get a jar in your garage and start recognizing, I've only got 1,500 marbles left. I'm not going to live in the past and become a statue, a pillar of salt. I'm going to move ahead to what God has. Oh, boy, I'm starting, to, I'm starting to preach now, aren't I? And this is 4th of July. I'm taking it easy on you guys today. Six. We're going to end here. You want to redeem the time? Redo what you regret. Hmm. Let, me, let, me, let me just camp out here for a moment. If I took you to Starbucks and we had one hour... And I sat with you, David, and, and we had a cup of coffee. And I asked you this question. What is your biggest regret? Was it a business that failed? Was it a, a marriage that failed? Was it a relationship that's been broken and you, you've never restored that relationship? 
What is your biggest regret? We all have one thing in common. We all have regrets. The real question is, if you're going to redeem the time, you've got to make the decision not to live in your regrets, but to redo what you regret. Why? Because you still have time. I was so happy with my wife this past week. Well, well I'm happy with her all the time. That, that, she's watching, and that was not well said, Scott George. I love Gammy, and she is an amazing wife. And, and, and she was sitting right here on the front row, and she's heard me preach a thousand times. But when I talked about redeeming the time, she did something that was amazing. It took an incredible amount of guts and courage and fortitude. She's my wife. And yet she was convicted about a relationship that had been broken. And she stepped up. I didn't have to say a thing. She stepped up and she wrote an email to ask forgiveness from a friend. I was super impressed with her. Can I tell you something? I'm not even ready to send that email. And yet she was. What was she doing? She was redoing what she regretted. And only you can do that. Only I can do that. There's something in your past that you regret. You're either going to camp out there and regret it for the rest of your life. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, most men and women lead lives of quiet desperation, then they go to the grave with the song in their heart. What a shame it would be for you to go to your grave with a song in your heart. Instead, while you have the time, redo what you regret. And when you do that, you redeem the time. And you live like you were dying. Would you stand up across the auditorium and let's pray together just for a moment. That's a lot to think about. And while you're enjoying your hot dogs this weekend and your watermelon and the fireworks, which, by the way, the older I get, the less I hate fireworks because <laughs> they wake me up. As you're enjoying our nation's freedom, I want you to think about redoing what you regret. I want you to think about redeeming the time. I want you to think about maybe getting a jar, put it in your garage with marbles to help you to count your days. Help us all to realize how very grateful we should be because there's no guarantees for tomorrow. God would say to us today through a country music song, Live like you were dying. Redeem the time because the days are evil. Let's pray. Father, God, we know you save. We know you heal. 
And God, we know that you redeem the time through us. God, I pray that these moments together will have inspired us to live like we're dying. God, not to live in the past, not to become a statue, a pillar of salt, but become a person who soars, who runs, who walks, a person who redeems the time. Give us the strength. We can't do it in our own ability. We need your grace. We need your strength. And I pray that you'll do that in our hearts and our lives today. In Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God give you the ability to count your days and live like you were dying. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week.